This is the Hot Take Hockey Podcast with your hosts, Lucas and John Viveros. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hot Take Hockey Podcast. Myself, John, Lucas, and an absolute legend here. We got Nathan Murdoch from Gravity. We got we got Grav finally on. I know it's been it's been a while. We've talked about a potential collab. So the podcast, it just worked out that uh, thank, thankfully Nathan's been able to come on here. But Nathan, man, off season, I know you're just saying you've been kind of dying waiting for hockey. Just how you been doing, bro? I've been doing good again, considering the point in the off season. I mean, I, it feels like September is always always the month that hurts the most. <laughs> but I, I've been doing pretty great, and thankfully, starting to get to that time where you can feel the hockey is around the corner, and that just it gets me going so much. So I'm I'm in a pretty good mood. Yeah, just uh, jump right into the conversation. So um, just going into the new season, uh, I'm curious because for myself, I think we just talked off air. Like, definitely, I feel like we can relate in the sense that like. Back in the day, like a couple thousand subs, a lot of streams, mm-hmm. a lot of videos. And uh, now for yourself, like I'm sure going into the new season, don't have to give too much away. I always say to everyone that comes on, but like, what do you have? What do you have coming? What are you excited about the new season? You're now a content creator for Sportsnet and mm-hmm. you have your own channel, Gravity. Make sure you guys go subscribe. So you have both things balancing. And even as we talked off air, it's like there, there's a lot that goes behind the scenes. So now that you have both these things going on, like how has that been? And how are you feeling going into the season? I mean, yeah, it, it is a great point, though, like just how much goes into like the process, especially when you're like getting into a new season, trying to get like back into that mood and everything uh, yeah. to be as consistent as possible. I mean, I think for this year, uh, something that's helped me a lot is just um, how much like, I like to look a lot at, at uh, prospects and rookies, but especially like this year, there is so much, so many guys that are just going to storm the league to start out things. And I think especially in like the first month, we're going to see a lot of surprises, a lot of teams that will make a splash out of nowhere, especially since this is like, it's not the first year that we'll see 82 games. Maybe this is the first year where we don't have to worry about anything COVID related or, or quarantine related. So I think a lot of that pressure being off players and a lot of that's a lot of hopefully healthiness going into the year will, will factor into a lot of people, uh, people's play. And I think we're just going to see tons of chaos in the first month. And I, I just, I cannot wait to cover all that and, and to have fun with it. Cause it's going to be awesome. Can I just jump in and like, start going with, let's get some takes going. Let's get some conversation yeah. going around some teams. Let's start with, you know, cause the first time I was watching consuming your content over and over was the Dallas and Calgary series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was awesome to watch what it let's, let's start with the Dallas stars. I mean, how do you think they're looking coming into the season? How are you feeling about Dallas going into the new year? It, it was funny on Robertson because uh, the start it starts like many other teams on socials uh, post like the how many days until the season starts and they'll post like the player next to it. So it was funny because they had Lindell for number 23, 23 days to go. And within like the stars Twitter, everybody was like, are they going to post something for 21 days for Jason Robertson? No post came. And uh, it just, it just means how it just spells how dire the situation is for Dallas. But I feel like the stars are the exact definition of a fringe team. And it probably wouldn't be the case if it was maybe if they were maybe in the, in the Pacific division or something, but I feel like with the central, you have Colorado locked in, you have St. Louis and Minnesota locked in for now, in my opinion. And then I think it's between them and Nashville for the, potential wildcard spots there. But I think the Pacific could be a little bit underrated this year. And I think we could see maybe a wildcard spot going that way, maybe to a team like Vancouver or to a team like Vegas. Uh, So to me, I feel like it's one of those situations where the stars 
going to be right at the end of the last week of the season fighting for one of those playoff spots. And I think like either between a team like Vegas or Nashville, they'll be uh, fighting for those that final spot really in the end. I, I don't see them being better than a wild card team, though. I do feel like there's a lot of great aspects of the team. I think we're going to see Jake Ottinger really uh, really break out regular season wise, like yeah. what we saw in the playoffs last year. Uh, the four group I think has way more potential than it did under Rick Bonus. With that now, Mason Marshman being added on, but you're probably going to have a rookie there, either like a Logan Stankoven or a Wyatt, Wyatt Johnston to work out uh, there. And hopefully, Sagan will be a lot uh, in a fully healthy, complete year, which is going to help things. But I think just having Peter Bohr there is going to change that offense completely. They won't be as sturdy of a team, I don't think, but I think that defense is going to be decent enough especially with now Nils Lundqvist coming into the picture and him being added on that power play. I, I think they'll be good. I think they'll be solid, but I don't think they're going to blow the uh, blow anybody out of the water by their performances, but I could see them being uh, a contender for a playoff spot at least. Do you feel like a few weeks or I guess even like months later now, like I know when the DeBoer announcement came through, I knew you weren't the happiest camper, but how are yeah. you feeling on that? <laughs> I feel like with what they've done, I can justify it more. Like, the thing is, if they made like a Nils Lundqvist trade a year ago uh, with with <laughs> with bonus under the helm, I would have imploded. And even though I feel like DeBoer still wouldn't have been my choice, but I also feel like the Stars might be strapped a little bit cash-wise. They might want, mm-hmm. not have wanted to spend on a guy like Barry Trotz, for instance. So considering it, I don't think it's horrible. Yeah. Um, but I think with the direction they're going in, prioritizing more youth, prioritizing more offense. I think it makes more sense. Like I just look at Nils Lundqvist and see some of the defensemen that Peter Moore has developed under his time in, in Vegas. And then like, for instance, like uh, at some points, like Shea Theodore has played really well under him. Uh, and you see in San Jose, how players like Brent Burns have had their full potential unlocked there. So I feel like the de- the offense and especially from the defensemen, like the Stars I think were one of the worst teams def- uh, in terms of goals by a defenseman last year. I think that'll be completely different this next year. Hopefully with Haskin and taking that next step among others. But uh I mean, yeah, I, I, I was still not, I'm still not completely on board. I'm still not loving it, but it, I can't change it. So I'll yeah. just have to go along with it. Yeah, on that point, I think Miro, I think Miro's going to have a big year, but I don't think mm-hmm. that's too much of a secret. I think everyone's kind of on that trend. But yeah, uh, I guess just, yeah, for you, because I've always, I know we've chatted a bit, but uh, I think for Lucas and I, I think we're both guilty of it. And so many people is like, we're Leaf fans, like huge market. Like everyone wants yeah. to talk hockey in Toronto. And obviously for yourself now working for Sportsnet and even like interacting with a guy like Steve Dangle, like I feel like you're just kind of force fed, like everything Leafs, like everything Toronto. So yeah. like, how, well, first, how did that come about with Sportsnet? Cause I'm curious, but also for yourself, like, do you feel like kind of that onus or like that? I, I don't know if it's like responsibility, but like to talk yeah. more on like the U S markets or even like down South for like the smaller markets, mm-hmm. like, how do you feel on that? Yeah, that, that, that is a great point, though, because I think I had that realization like a month into it where I'm like, oh, I'm a Stars fan. It's one of those things where it's funny because, I mean, I, I think you even look in like the hockey YouTuber landscape and it's like I feel, there's, a, there's a few obviously Nashers like the go to USA guys. Yeah. Um, but like I don't get Kachuk is also up there. And he's he's one of my my. Uh, favorites um but it's funny because like you just look at like the u.s media landscape and everything or just the hockey landscape in media and i I think it's it's funny to say because the u.s is obviously the second biggest market for hockey but um it 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 is kind of a weird situation to look at everything and see just how not underrepresented it is but how how lesser it is it's to some extent but i think especially for like the the stars angle like i try to represent 
stars and Texas hockey as much as I can, because I feel like, especially in Dallas, even though it's nowhere near like a U.S. market like Boston or New, or New York or Chicago would be, yeah. it's like it's one of those markets where it kind of reminds me a little bit of Tampa, where if you're a hockey fan, you're hardcore. And there's like just this hardcore sect of the city and area that is just hardcore stars fans. Like, I swear, I see more stars stickers on cars than Maverick stickers. Like, you would not expect that. But like stars fans are absolute diehards. And I think that bleeds into, I mean, they're like always top 15 in attendance, always top 10 in attendance. They're always around that range. Um, so to me, to be able to represent that just a little bit, uh, to be able to spread the word that Texas hockey is growing and that it has become a, a solidified hockey market, I think is special to me, especially since uh, since uh, the person that introduced me to hockey was my grand grandpa coming from Calgary. So I have that kind of edge where my dad's side is Canadian. Um, so it, it's one of those things where, it's, it's a blessing to be able to to represent that and i think it's just i think it's fun to have just different fan bases in in media and to have different perspectives and i think that adds a lot of value yeah because like you said you know different fan bases the leafs are very over oversaturated with the amount of fans they have and and, and all the coverage that they get especially up north here in canada but mm-hmm. you know working for a, a canadian based company like roger sportsnet how has yep. the, how has that been like more more so to what what John was, was pushing for there. Like what, what is that like for you being on the other side of the border and, and working for, for a company that's up here? Yeah, it was, it's funny because I remember uh, like talking to family and, and friends about the, uh, about the thing. And I'm like, I basically had to say where it's like, okay, yeah, it's like, it's like, ES, it's like ESPN in Canada. Like yeah, I, I yeah, try yeah. to give them like a reference for it. Um, but it, it is interesting because I mean, just having that angle is, is weird and, and trying to, I think, I, like I think it's 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 really interesting though how far it's come because if you think like 30 years ago I don't think uh, a company like Sportsnet or or TSM or whatever it might be would ever hire somebody from Texas for instance oh, yeah. to yep. to do anything like this so I think it shows just a lot of of how great how much more expanded hockey has become. Um, but even like just to be able to to be a part of Sportsnet, to be a part of the team that they have and to bring that kind of fresh perspective, I think is really valuable. So I try to be as different or, or as unique as I possibly can be in that aspect. Um, but yeah, it, it is fun because you obviously you talk with Steve and you talk with uh, like producer Drew and all the like producer Drew is like the only other person there that doesn't like the lease and he likes <laughs> abs. So it's like one of those things where it, it's just super funny to bounce off people yeah. and and for them to be talking about the lease and just be like, uh, I mean. The Dallas Stars exist too, guys. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. I got to give you a lot of credit on it because I think that's why a lot of people, obviously your personality, but I think that's why a lot of people like are drawn to you and your channel and your personality too, is because like you're representing a whole different perspective. So that's Mm -hmm. why I was kind of alluding to like getting into sports that like, that's probably a huge thing. They were like, this guy is not what we've gone through. Like this is (laughs) is not a guy we like, this is someone that is going to bring in a whole fresh perspective. So I got to give you mad respect on that. Um, so I guess, yeah, just overall, are you, are you excited about the, the workload, the balance and like the overall, the overall season? And can we expect some more uh, Dallas Star stuff coming up? Yeah, it's, I mean, that workload is, uh, it's been, a, it's been an interesting shift because it hasn't, it's actually been interesting because I've done a lot of, uh, over the last year, uh, time management work. I mean, I kind of had to, uh, to be able to do what I'm doing, but it's one of those things where I've been able to, um, find a good balance thankfully and and i think like mentally like people don't understand how much 
you can you can really just put yourself into YouTube and and really just invest yourself because like I know I know people that have have put themselves so much into YouTube that like it totally consumes them and even at points throughout my channel it's definitely been that way um, but it, it's such a unique position that if you're not on YouTube you can't really totally get but it's just that constant uh, feeling of having to create new stuff. It's, it's interesting because some days it kind of goes against you. Some days you feel like it's just totally like the entire algorithm is against you. Nothing's working. Nothing's yeah. um, going to work. Other days, though, you get that drive and that sense of creating something new and putting it out there. Like that's kind of like the fun for me in a lot of ways is, is not knowing what's going to happen and having just it all be completely random almost. Yeah. Um, but especially with sports that I think it's given me some more stability and some more, um, I guess, consistency in my mentality of just making as much as I can doing as much as I can and trying to be as entertaining as I can and just going by those simple things and, and, uh, hoping it works out. But yeah, it's been a process. You're doing a great job at it. I'm looking forward to seeing what's going on in the next season, but let's pivot a little bit to up North uh, and the hat you got on there. I want to touch on those guys. Cause everybody seems to be mm. on them. And I like, I, I know like having this conversation. <laughs> I like having this conversation about those sense. So what do you think about those pesky sense coming into the year? Yeah. Is this going to be the year they uh, push for a playoff spot? It, the, the conversation around Ottawa, like, I feel like I've seen more conversation about the Sens than the Leafs this offseason. Like, yep. it, it's genuinely interesting to, to watch, like, because I feel, because I remember, because here's, I remember, um, like, a month ago or something, I put a tweet out about the Sens having most underrated forward group, and then tons of people, like, linking me tweets from, like, Sens fans, like, just completely overrating them, and then I realized, then, like, a week later, I'm like, I see all these Sens posts, and I'm like, it's actually been, like, an entire league-wide topic this team obviously that four group is going to be interesting and is going to be the top uh, top um, watch for a lot of people um but to me i think again it all comes down to the defense and i remember two months ago i was talking with some people about how i think the sense could be is the super underrated team their four group is amazing but i was like okay but what when's the defensive ad going to come this offseason like what is going to come who's going to be and we're two months we're two months later here we're right at the preseason start we're a couple weeks away from the season starting and we've still not seen that addition and to me i feel like again it's another topic of division where if they were in the pacific it would be a question maybe playoff team but in the atlantic division when i mean even if people think that boston's gonna be less which i less or so which i i think is is a, a potential thing uh even if some people might think florida misses the playoffs but even if i don't um I still think it's going to be extremely hard for Ottawa to truly become one of the solidified playoff teams this year. But I do think it's going to be close. Like, I think it could be like a two, three point difference. But uh, I feel like it, I feel like it honestly also comes down to Anton Forsberg, really underrated last year. But it's that it's that tandem of, of Forsberg and, and Talbot that I think might have to carry the defensive side of things for them this next year. Yeah, that tandem definitely could be a wild card because, yeah, I, I, obviously – Maybe as you guys are watching this video, maybe they made a move. I don't know. I'm not yeah. gonna, <laughs> chickering, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Where's chickering? <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think, um, yeah, I think they become less of a surprise team if they make the playoffs just because, as you said, everyone's talking about them. So yeah. I guess just I'll throw it at you. I know you made that. I know you've kind of made the sense like takes and you're confident in that, but a team that's no one's talking about, like who's that team for you that no one's talking about and they're going to actually surprise or potentially surprise? 
I feel like a team that, and this is another problem because I feel like this team is, is for me at least like, like kind of like Ottawa just outside the playoff race. But I feel like a team that's going to make a, a serious improvement after last year. And I feel like it's going to be the Ducks. Like I could see, Ooh. I could see the Anaheim Ducks being like a 95 point team by, wow. by season's end. Uh, to me, it all comes down to John Gibson. Now with the Ducks defense being better than it was last year with Drysdale hopefully taking a next step. I mean, you got the additions of Ryan Strom, Frank Petrano, and to me, you'll have Mason McTavish as a rookie. You'll have um, you'll have players like Trevor Zegers taking that next step, of course. And I, I, I have a feeling that Anaheim might be one of the more underrated overall teams in the league, but Again, it all comes out of the goaltending. But I feel like in that Pacific Division, it's kind of the Wild West. Like no, I, you could, you could have a team like Anaheim coming out of nowhere, even making the playoffs. It depends. I mean, Vegas, we have, still don't know if is going to make the playoffs or not. That goaltending is com- is a complete wild card. So I could see Anaheim sneaking in as this completely young team that was okay for a lot of last year, but has yet to take that next step, but truly get it done this next year. Um, yeah. But I would say they're probably one of the more underrated groups as a whole this next year well lucas to toss it to you because i know i know grab you're really high on uh jack hughes so i actually thought you're gonna say devils there when i when i heard you you I did too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so uh i know lucas is really i mean i'm high on jack hughes but i feel like both you guys are really high on jack hughes so lucas do you feel like uh and i feel like grab would probably agree with this conversation Spicy. you feel like the devils could even with like the calf injuries like maybe the devils squeeze it i mean I, we were just talking about islanders it's like they're such a wild card in that Metro, but <laughs> I don't know, man, devils, if they get goaltending, it's like, it's similar exactly. to like a bunch of teams. It, it, like the sense, if the devils get goaltending, I love their defense group. I think it's so underrated. And I think if Jack Hughes leads the charge, like Lucas, we were kind of just talking about that. I uh, think it's, I think it's goaltending, like you said, John. And, and again, we were talking about this off air as well, but it's Jack Hughes being healthy. I mean, if he can mm-hmm. stay healthy and play 82 games, I think this guy is like, money in the bank 90 plus points like i really yeah, I'm about to say at least 90 I, at I least believe, 90 yeah that's why even 80 i think is low man like i think he is he is such a good player when he's healthy and he's such a difference maker for them but uh i, I do still have them outside just because i think they're a yeah. year away or a couple years away they need a bit more development uh within their forward group but i like how it's shaping out i like them a lot better right now than i did last year mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah Rob, i i saw your tweet so are, are we uh, are we all saying well, like between Jack Hughes and Timmy Stutzla, who's who's Ooh. the more likely to get a hundred points? <laughs> well, ninety plus points. That's, that's the thing because Timmy's going to be alongside Alex Jabrinkit and freaking Claude Drew. Like how much? How many other players at his age have a better situation around him, especially on the power play? But also, it's Jack Hughes, and if he stays healthy, I still go Jack. Mostly because I feel like Alexander Holtz is going to take that next step. He could be a perfect sniper alongside him. Obviously, you got Jesper Bratt being Jesper Bratt uh, and hopefully staying healthy as well. But I, I completely agree. I would have him outside the playoffs, but you could not get worse goaltending than they got last year. Like they played yep. like seven goalies or something last year. It was unbelievable. And all of them were way below goals they don't expected. Like they were all horrible. And if they just get league average goaltending, to me, I think they'll be right up in that conversation. But I mean, you mentioned the Islanders earlier. I think it. I think for the Devils, it also depends on the Islanders. Like, I feel like that Metro is really close. But the Islanders are also good and back to 2021, 2020 level. Then that completely erases them from the playoff 
likelihood in my opinion but if they're not if they're 2022 level i think the devils have a shot at being right in that conversation and potentially getting a wild card spot but it also again depends on washington and pittsburgh and how they age as well overall i see just a lot of the bottom teams in the east as a whole from last year improving because mm-hmm. i've never i've never seen a season like we had last year where it took a hundred points to make the playoffs in the <laughs> east right that washington was the worst team to make the yeah. playoffs at a hundred and that, that goes to show you with teams like Philly, New Jersey in the 60s and Montreal mm-hmm. 55. Like, I just see it getting tighter, which is going to make that, you know, the point total to get into the playoffs tougher or sorry, less, you know, in the mm-hmm. low 90s, low to mid 90s. So it's going to be a log jam. And I think we're actually going to see a playoff chase in March and April, as opposed to last year when it was like the new year came around and we knew the eight teams. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's exactly what I was uh, thinking, though, during the offseason is that like teams like Detroit, New Jersey, Ottawa, like all these teams that were like the definition of mid were just improving in so many categories. I just feel so bad for Montreal and Philly, though. Like it's going to be so bad this next year. Even Buffalo, I feel battle uh, for a lot, too, because I think they are kind of like an Anaheim tier where if they are in the right situation, could take that next step. But they're in the East. They're in the Atlantic. What are they supposed to do? They, they don't have much options. And unless Eric Comrie is a Vesda candidate, yeah. uh, I don't think it'll be all too great for them. Well, to, to throw something else at you to relate it to Dallas Stars and also fringe teams, we were talking a, a couple pods ago about goaltenders that are going to step up. And I mean, I feel like we talk about some of these guys I'm about to say, but it's like this upcoming year, I feel like they could solidify themselves and maybe a top five goal in the league. So between mm-hmm. Grav, throwing it at you. Between Ottinger and the Stars, Demko and the Canucks, and Sorokin and the Islanders, these fringe teams, these goaltenders that are about to just maybe explode, which of these three guys and teams do you feel like everyone's got to watch out for? They're going to be in. Well, um, I've had this opinion for like the last five months, and um, this is like this is like, like basically once the season was over, I'm like, okay, this goalie is winning the Vesna Trophy next year. Um, to me, there is there obviously you got of course Igor Shishkin, who's probably going to be number two, but to me, I think Ilyas Rokin is winning the Vesno Trophy next year, and I think although the Islanders' defense isn't unbelievable, I think we'll see a rebound year out of Pelik, we'll see a rebound year out of Pulak, we'll see Dobson taking that next step, we'll see Mayfield rebounding. I think that defense is going to be good enough to where Sorokin. I mean, Sorokin was probably the best goaltender in the league in like the last couple months of the season last year. He was unbelievable for the Islanders. Yeah. to me i think if he carries it over he'll be the best goaltender next year and or at least the most valuable but it is interesting because as a stars fan and as a person that's been banging on jake ottinger's trump for a uh, drum for a while i'm gonna put a little bit of a hot take out here for the hot take podcast i Let's think go. jake ottinger is a little bit overrated Wow, a little bit overrated, and this is coming from a guy. This is this is coming from a guy that's watched this player since his Boston University days, has has banged on the drum that over the last couple of seasons he's been super valuable for the Stars. But I also do see a lot of people saying he's this like top eight, top six goal center in the league. And as much as I want to agree, as much as like it's a much better situation, I also want to point to. Uh, a goaltender in Jonas Corposalo, who had a great series versus Toronto in 2020 and got a ton of hype after that. And we see how much his talent and career has fizzled since then. Jake Andre will be much better than Corposalo. Thank yeah, goodness for, sure. for that. But I also feel like a lot of people are overrating his, 
his uh, his his series versus Calgary, which maybe not overrating it, but overrating him as a player because of it. His Calgary series was among the best series we've oh, ever seen for any goal center ever. Yeah, he was yeah. unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, but as, it's also still sample size. As much as I as much as I love to see a Dallas player getting overrated. I also do feel like he's just gotten a little bit, maybe not overhyped, because I think he's going to reach that level for sure. He's going to be there after next year, in my opinion. But as of right now, I still want to see him take that next step, be around 920, 925 state percentage, because I think he has the talent to do it. And I think we're going to see him take that next step. But um, I think that comes as well with the Stars being a better team and Andrew taking that bigger step too. So we'll see what happens. But I, I would say Sorokin, I think, is going to take the biggest step. And I think if the Islanders are a playoff team, it's going to be Sorokin and uh, mostly Sorokin carrying the workload yeah grab like we see it with hockey fans and sports fans all the time like recency bias is such a deadly <laughs> thing like yeah. if something if something happens it's like the next couple months like that's what i'm saying so Andre had an unbelievable series i think lucas we were just talking about it a couple pods two ago is demko i feel like he'll be the make or break for vancouver yeah. in a lot of ways obviously they got the depth up front but that defense group is so questionable so i'm just like <laughs> hit that ride with demko if you want and maybe make the playoffs so yeah I, i'm excited about some of these younger goalies like even i mean grab i'm sure you'll talk about it all season but that central division some of the goaltenders in that central is just it's it's, it's just unreal so stupid. <laughs> and you got Chicago and Arizona who are uh yeah, outside of those two, it's just the top six in that. Like when yep. I just look at some of the guys that are getting overlooked, like everyone's just forgetting that Connor Hellebuck is in that division. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> he wasn't even bad last year. And people are saying he's like outside the top five. Like, who are you? No, are you? I know. I, I this is Winnipeg's defense we're talking about here. And, and I don't know if you're big into fantasy grab, but I'm just thinking like some of these central goalies, like Hellebuck, like he, he's gonna get at least six like david riddick's the backup goalie he just got freaking i know it's a preseason game but he just got freaking shelved like oh no Hellebuck's gonna easily play 60 games easy 65 johnny 65 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't know the goaltending uh, lucas i know you're a big goalie guy but the goaltending conversation is gonna be so interesting this year oh yeah in that division especially too and yeah. uh yeah i wanted to ask another one about you know some guys who have moved around this offseason mm. you know who do we see out of johnny hockey Jonathan Huberdeau or Matt Kachuk having the best season? Ooh, love it. It's it's hard not to go Huberdeau. Like, yeah. it, it's, it, I wish I would love to say Matty Kachuk because Matty Kachuk's one of my favorite players in the league. Um, I mean, we saw the lines coming out recently that they were going to go uh, Kachuk, Bennett, Colin White. And I was initially thinking about that Kachuk trade. I'm like, okay, you can play with Alexander Barkov. Uh, it, like, yeah. It's done. They're going to be locked for 100 points each. But if it's Bennett, and as much as I love Sam Bennett, if it's Sam Bennett and Colin White, I don't think he's going to be able to get to that amazing plateau. And considering that most likely, uh, most likely, um, oh God, I'm uh, forgetting his name, first line center, uh, June, uh, Boone Jenner. Boone most likely, Boone Jenner is going to be the first line center for Johnny Goudreau. Uh, and again, as much as Boone Jenner was better last year, I don't, I don't think that's going to be the best situation that's for him. That's our biggest him. question mark for sure. Up the middle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I just like Huberto a lot. Like no matter if it's Kadri Lindholm, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. Either of those two guys would be amazing fits. Um, and if you especially forget defense, I mean Huberto is going to be easily the most valid, like best fantasy pick um, oh, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, I, I'm in, I'm interested. There's there was obviously yeah, as you said, there's a lot of movement and uh, yeah, just as a hockey fan, like content creators, sure. But as a hockey fan, I'm definitely excited to, to see what happens. But uh, Nathan, I, yeah, as a YouTuber content creator, I'm sure you get this question a lot, but all those jerseys in the background, you got a favorite? You got one jersey you own that's just 
your your number one? Um, actually, I mean, my favorite. I could probably get it out for you guys uh, if I wanted to. Out of the jerseys right here, my favorite is absolutely Seattle's. Like, wow. like the Kraken. It's well, maybe the Coyotes would be close. Those are oh, two the, top yeah. tier ones for sure. Um, but I like to, it's so funny because I was championing the Seattle Kraken name for so long before it happened. Like it was part of those uh, trademark names, I believe, uh, or I believe. Uh, so it was one of those names that we were leading up to things uh, as a potential option. And there was like the emeralds. And I'm like, please don't be boring. Please don't be boring. Go to the Seattle Kraken. Go just balls to the wall with it. Make it the most amazing name out there and they did it and even though i'm not the biggest fan of watermark logos i still like what they do with it and the color scheme is just i i, I adore it yeah keeping it keeping it on the jersey talk too i want to i want to end with the with the dallas stars jersey i was talking mm. about this with one of my buddies the old stars jersey before they did this this newer green the mm-hmm. one where they were you know the goal happened with brett hall uh, yep. that, that sort of Jersey. What do you think about that one? Like perhaps making a spicy comeback one day, like the Oilers oh. did bringing back their Royal blue. It, it's fun. It's funny because the stars like have tried to completely go away with it until they had that white reverse retro, which was yes. so funny. Cause I'm like, it's right there. It's like, <laughs> you didn't even have to make uh, like a, the, the primary version. You could have gotten the white version of the Jersey. That's still an amazing classic um but i completely agree with you i will say as much as i love that jersey i still think the green ones now are underrated for sure like i like i, I feel like a lot of people don't realize it's just a blackhawks color swap and i think the green really pops especially when you're there compared to other teams like yeah. it, it's night and day difference it's amazing um but i think both jerseys are solid i do like the green one but yeah absolutely i would i would prefer if they had that original design with maybe a more stylized updated Lo- uh, version of that logo they had as well and make it as modern as possible but uh i i would love to see it i mean they they made it they brought it back in its full glory for i'm, I'm pretty sure Sergei Gu- uh, zubov retirement night and they had like 50 of them available for like 500 bucks and they never released wow. it again it wow. was it was such a cash grab it was such a cash grab but I really hope they bring that back because I would pay too much money. Oh yeah, they're they're sitting on a pot of gold right there. Exactly, grab stars fans for. Exactly. I had to sling some jersey talk in there because I know both of our collections (laughs) are definitely getting bigger. But uh, yeah, Nathan, man, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, I would say, what what are you most active on? Probably Twitter. Obviously, your YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Uh, Check Grav out on Sportsnet. Uh, Anything else you want to? Hey, throw a little promo or anything coming up. I mean, obviously, if you guys want to subscribe to the channel, it means a lot as well. But I'm just, I'm just happy for hockey fans that we're back. I'm so excited. Any uh, to head out on the pod because we've been, uh, we asked Lego, we asked Canuck Clay, a few other people. Uh, do you got a hot take, oh. spicy take to end the pod here? To just, I know you already threw the Ottinger hot take. I love that. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't think it's hotter than Jake on your overrated one. Um, okay, I'll just go off another. Uh, uh, younger goaltender um considering what he's done over these past couple of years carter hart might be the most overrated player in the league wow wow i mean he's in, I know. He's in, a, tough, he's in a tough spot I, but, yeah. yeah 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 it's one of those situations where i don't blame him for being bad but also <laughs> you could be a little bit better i'll yeah, just i'll just yeah. give him some motivation give him some Luke, motivation lucas anything else you want to throw at graph here before we head out no, I just I want to I want to push back a little bit and say don't don't be so mean to my boy Carter. Okay, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's he's absolutely probably an amazing person. I, I just <laughs> no, uh... no 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 no. I was just saying, I just think 
I feel like he was overrated at the start, you know, or what he is now, mm-hmm. but he's also on such a poor team. We got yeah. it. We got. We got to give a little yeah, more the hype. That he got. He got a stupid amount of hype for sure. So he's got. He's yeah. gonna live up to it eventually. But <laughs> yeah, Grav, man, he's got time. He's got time. He's got, he's yeah, got time. He's, he's got lots of time. But Grav, yeah, man, we finally got it done. We finally got you on. Appreciate it. Let's do something else coming up in the future. Exactly. Uh, yeah, man. Gravity on Hot Take Hockey Podcast. Let's, Let's go. go. Thank you guys for having me. This was amazing. Yeah, man. Thanks awesome. for coming on, man. Thanks so much.